Samuel chapter 1, verses 4 through 20. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Shiloh, Hannah rose and presented herself before the Lord. Now Eli the priest was sitting at the seat outside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. He made, she made this vow, O Lord of hosts, if only you will look on the misery of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a male child, then I will set him before you as a Nazarite until the day of his death. He shall drink neither wine nor intoxicants, and no razor shall touch his head. And as she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying silently, on her, only her lips moved, but her voice not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you make a drunken spectacle of yourself? Put away your wine. But Hannah answered, no, my Lord, I am a woman deeply troubled. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation all this time. Then Eli answered, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant the petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your sight. Then the woman went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and her countenance was sad no longer. They rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord. Then they went back to their house at Ramah. Elkanah knew his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. In due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I have asked him of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Lord of us all, Lord of us all, we are so grateful that you are Lord of us all, and that you watch, that you see, that you hear, that you know what's happening inside, that you look upon our hearts. We are so grateful and that you are also an answering God. May we hear your word of hope and promise in this beautiful story. In Jesus' name, amen. As a young family was driving home from church, after the baptism of 
their baby, little Johnny, the older brother, cried all the way home in the back seat of the car. Now, his mom asked him three times what was wrong. And finally, on the third time, the boy replied, the pastor said he wants us brought up in a Christian home, but I want to stay with you guys. I think it's safe to say that that boy was missing something, a Christian witness from his parents. The story of Hannah and the birth of Samuel, on the other hand, is the story of a very faithful woman. Let's update Hannah's story to modern times. I think that will help us better understand the impact of what Hannah was experiencing. She receives yet one more invitation to a baby shower. Most people, getting that in the mail is, at best, oh good, time to see friends. At worst, another thing to do. But imagine being Hannah, longing for that day when she can send out those invitations. All of her friends are posting their reveal parties on Facebook. She used to look forward to attending United Methodist Women Gatherings and hearing the latest news. It's not gossip when you're at a church meeting of ladies. It's information gathering and sharing. It's solicitation of prayer requests. Now she barely attends church at all because she knows someone's going to ask her, Hi, Hannah, when are you going to have a baby? And on Mother's Day, Hannah never leaves her house. Elkanah, always wants to take her out to a nice restaurant, but Hannah can't stand even the thought of that. Nobody understands how much she is hurting. Her own parents keep asking, when are you going to give us grandchildren? They don't know how those words stab at her heart. Nobody understands. Even her pastor accused her of coming to church drunk. Has that man never seen a person praying from the depths of their souls? Elkanah, her husband, he tries so hard to be encouraging. He really does love her. She knows that. Hannah, at least you have me. Am I not worth ten children to you? Really? He really believed that was going to help? 
Sissy, you must wake up so excited and happy every day just knowing you're married to me. Just knowing you're married to Steve. Go and tell her that. Let me know how that works out for you. Nobody understands. Not even the person who loves her the most and who should know her the best. Hannah is surrounded by people but so, so alone in the world. And all she can hear is the ticking of her biological sundial. The thing is, this isn't just Hannah's story. This is the story of every parent, every husband and wife who has ever heard, you can always adopt, or you can have other children, or how can you not want children? Everybody wants children. Someone once said that grief is like a shadow permeating every facet of your life. And this grief is doubly hard. For one thing, you can't show it. People don't understand it. Okay, we know it's a big deal. You want children, but there's options. You can adopt. You can take care of children at the church. Adopt them. And they start problem solving, never knowing that that pain is so real. And you're not getting it. And it's not a problem to be solved. The one thing people won't do is understand that grief. You can't even talk about it. Because nobody understands it except someone who has been there. You know, it's easy for us to think that the heroes of the Bible are somehow different from the rest of us. That they must have had a bigger faith or been more righteous than the rest of us. But Hannah's story reminds us that the Bible is filled with people just like you and me who had real-life problems and who had to learn how to face them with a real-life faith. Not extraordinary faith, but real faith. Hannah's story also reminds us that the Bible is filled with stories of our God who can overcome all. When the odds are against us, we know God can. When there's no way out, we know God can. When it's hopeless, when we're desperate, when there aren't 
any answers and all is lost. We know God can. You know, someone told me years ago, Steve, there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. There might be such a thing as illegitimate parents, but there is no such thing as an illegitimate child. Hannah's story challenges us to examine our witness as disciples. Hannah's story asks, are we sensitive to the grief others are bearing? Are we compassionate even when we can't understand? Can we be the presence of God's grace for them? Hannah's name means grace. And when Hannah had nowhere else to turn, she turned to God. Do you know how familiar that sounds to me as a pastor? When we've tried everything else, then we turn to God. How about going to God first? And Hannah encountered the same God who told Abram and Sarai that they would have a child in their own age, in their old age. And Hannah encountered the same God who told Noah to build an ark in the middle of the desert. And Hannah encountered the same God who told Joshua that all he had to do was walk around the walls of Jericho seven times and they would come a-tumbling down. And you know what happened? Isaac was born. The rain did come. The walls did fall. And Samuel was born. God knows. God understands. Against all odds, against any odds, God is able. And that's a reason to shout hallelujah. God is able. Amen.